Welcome to the Strength in Business podcast, which is all about maximizing your impact by implementing a powerful marketing system that will help you perform at your highest level. And now, here is your host, Chris Rock. Welcome to a new marketing session at Strength in Business. My name is Chris Rock, and today I'm going to reveal to you two business philosophies the diving board philosophy and the Parthenon philosophy, and also why it's important to build your business on several robust pillars or marketing profit centers. More importantly, I'm going to give you a cheat sheet that is a short step-by-step guide as to how to pick those pillars, because with all the online craziness going on and the gazillions of marketing weapons in hand, I mean, how do you know what works and what not? So we're going to shed some light on this very same topic. But before I do that, let's have a look at this week's question first. Today's question comes from David or David. He's reaching out to me from Mexico and here's what he asks. Hi, Chris. What advertising tools do you use? What's better, Adespresso or Quoia? Thanks, David. Great question, David. First of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, thanks for sending in your question to me. Now, um, I'll get straight into it, okay? So the first part of your question uh, was related to the advertising tools that I use. So here's the thing. When I do Facebook ads and Instagram ads, I use the power editor. Okay, so Facebook's power editor. I don't use the business manager and I do not use the ads manager, former source serve ad tool, but I use the power editor. And when I run Twitter ads, I do them right from within Twitter. Okay, so these are the type of ads that I use. That is the the social advertising, uh, um, the social ads uh, that I deploy. Now, I used Quoia in the past, but I stopped using it because I can do pretty much the same within Power Editor. For example, bulk editing, that wasn't possible previously within the Power Editor, but Facebook has launched this feature a few months ago and now you can do it within the power editor and that of course is absolutely fantastic now here are the two things that i loved um, about quoia when i used it back then so the first thing was of course multiple ad creation because i couldn't do that within the power editor so that was a plus and of course, the second plus was split testing. Okay, so A-B testing based on targeting. Uh, PE, that is the power editor, is not perfect for that, but um, it works uh, pretty okay uh, for me, for the ads that I'm running and for the ads that I'm running for my clients. Now, I haven't used Adespresso, therefore I can't tell you what the differences are between the two ad tools, so Adespresso on Quoia. Now, friends of mine use Adespresso and I had a quick look at it. It looks very visual. It's uh, It seems easy to use, very intuitive, especially the A-B testing looks um, and the, the entire split testing process seems to be very intuitive. Now, the fact is that Facebook keeps adding new features to the Power Editor almost on a weekly, sometimes even on a daily basis. I mean, at least it feels like that. Features that were previously available only through the API 
are now integrated uh, in Power Editor, thus making it more difficult for advertising tools to be purchased. Nonetheless, of course, if you want to do fancy A-B splat testing, and if you have a ton of clients, it's, it's definitely uh, good to have a look into it. Now, I also know social agencies, and I work with social agencies that run up to 1,000 ad sets, okay? Not ads, ad sets via the Power Editor, and they're super happy with it. Others, of course, like Quoia, others, Adespresso, then I have clients who work with AdStage or the Social Ads tool, which is designed mainly for... Um, agencies and large accounts. Now, here's the thing. Most of these ad tools give you a trial period of say 14 or 30 days. Here's what I would do. I mean, sign up for Koya, sign up for Adespresso, test them out for yourself. Uh, see if it's easy to use, um, if it fits your uh, purpose, if it's intuitive, if you like the A-B split testing that they're offering, and then go ahead and pick one. And nonetheless, I mean, you can always come back to the Power Editor, which is a super powerful tool. And of course, it's free, still free. <laughs> I don't know for how long, um, but it's still free. Okay, so that would be my answer to your question, David. Thanks again for reaching out to me. Thanks for listening to my show and loads of greetings to Mexico. What about you? Do you have a burning marketing question? Hit me up on Twitter at Chris Rock and send it to me. Use hashtag AskChris. Your question might as well be the next one I'm answering in the upcoming podcast episode. If you're looking for further marketing information and resources, visit my blog at strengthenbusiness.com. Now back to our main topic why it's critical to build a great Parthenon type of business. And I like to point out, before I move forward, I like to point out the following. This podcast episode is based on the blog post that I write on strengthenbusiness.com. So this is basically the audio version. If you want to see the writing, if you want to see a, a written transcript, um, you can uh, hop over to my uh, website at strengthenbusiness.com and look for this very specific uh, type of blog post and you'll find it there. Okay, so let's hit it off. The Parthenon philosophy is the most powerful marketing concept I have ever encountered. It was introduced to me several years ago by marketing master Jay Abraham. And since Everything I do in business is based on this very same principle. Now, most small business owners I interact with continuously rely on one or two marketing approaches to grow and sustain their businesses. Direct sales and or referral marketing, aka word of mouth marketing, are two most common instruments businesses deploy to get more clients and increase their revenue. But what happens when direct sales become less effective? What happens when people stop sending you referrals? I mean, your business stream diminishes and you start losing ground, you start losing market shares, you start losing customers, you start losing revenue, turnover, whatever it is that you're, um, that you're using as a term. And that's not a smart approach, don't you think? So why not increase the stability of your business by building it on several robust pillars, aka revenue streams? 
why not build a Greek Parthenon type of business from the very beginning? And I like to share with you two philosophies, okay? I like to start with a brief description of these um, two philosophies. The first one is the diving board philosophy. And it states that you build your business on a single revenue stream or marketing pillar. For example, direct sales, right? The second philosophy, which is a very powerful philosophy, and you understand in a second why I said that, the Parthenon philosophy states the following, that you build your business on several robust pillars or marketing profit centers. For example, here are some of the pillars that you could have. One of them, direct sales. The next one, referral system. The next one could be joint venture. The next one, advertising. The other one, email marketing. Another one, telemarketing. Another one, podcasting. Okay, so you have like seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve pillars. Okay, so now that you understand the underlying principle of the Parthenon philosophy and why it's critical to build a business that has a strong foundation, you might be faced with the following trick question. But which pillars? I mean, especially with the online craziness going on and the gazillions of marketing weapons in hand, how do you know what works and what not? How do you know which pillars to pick? And I'll get into that in a few seconds. But first, I'd like to share with you a few different ways you can grow your business because it's not as complicated and overwhelming as most people think it is. Actually, it's quite simple. And here's why. Because there are only three ways to grow a business, any business, okay? And I like to give credit to Jay Abraham again because he's the one who brought this principle into the marketing space or the business space. More importantly, he was the one to basically drill it down and say it's just three ways. And here are these three ways. Number one, by increasing the number of clients that you have. Number two, by increasing the average transaction value. And number three, by increasing the frequency of a repurchase, that is to get more residual value out of each client that you have. Now that you know that these are basically the three ways that you can grow your business, let's head over to the pillars once again of the Parthenon and um, let's get into that. We are bombarded on a daily basis with all kinds of marketing instruments, tools, messages, and whatnot. And there lies the biggest challenge. Where do you put your attention? I mean, which ones do you choose? And um, to make this a bit easier for you, I put together a quick checklist that is a short step-by-step -step guide as to how to go about this topic so that you pick your marketing channels, the marketing platforms, the revenue streams more wisely. First of all, always start with your prospects and customers in mind. Okay, get inside the head of your ideal customer, your ideal audience. It could be the prospect, the customer, the client, or if you're a doctor, your patient. One of the biggest mistakes business owners make is they start with tactics, they start with marketing strategies, and that is wrong. That's the wrong order. You have to start with targeting first. The second thing, you have to be crystal clear about your unique selling proposition. 
okay? Be a preferred choice, especially if you're a local business, a brick and mortar business, be a preferred choice and don't go into battle on price, except of course, you have the cheapest um, products, okay? So you can afford to say, uh, go against Walmart or go against Amazon. But other than that, juggle, okay? Don't just uh, rely on pricing alone. More importantly, be a preferred choice. Number three, pick your offline marketing streams first especially if you have a brick and mortar business. Now, here's the thing, nothing, nothing on this planet beats face-to-face marketing to this day and age. If you onboard customers by attending all kinds of trade shows and fairs, include that into your marketing arsenal, okay? So that should be one pillar. If advertising on the local radio station works amazingly well for you, continue doing that. And this is how you basically build your Greek Parthenon, your Greek Parthenon type of business based on these offline pillars. So number one could be trade shows. That could be one of the pillars. And the second pillar could be advertising on local radio station. Okay. And you already have two strong pillars, two proven pillars because you work with them and you know very well you can onboard clients from there. Now, what if you're a consultant or work at home business owner? Great. Again, don't dismiss the power of offline just because sitting in front of the computer is quote unquote more comfortable. There are a ton of home-based business owners who generate way more sales via offline methods than online gurus who do a couple of hundred or thousand dollars by posting on social media, writing a blog post or uploading some fancy YouTube videos. Please, please, please don't dismiss the power of offline marketing channels. To this day, they are so, so powerful. Number four, pick your online marketing streams based on number one, and that is your targeting, your ideal audience. Go where your audience is. If they spend most of their time on Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, you gotta be there. If they like to consume video, make sure you use YouTube appropriately. Learn to use YouTube appropriately. Here's the thing, browsers search on Google, buyers search items on Amazon. Therefore, look at how you can embed Amazon into your online marketing strategy. It's a fantastic revenue stream. I use it, I have several of my books online. I have several of my books selling via Amazon. It's great for lead generation. Very, very good stream. Next one, have an email marketing system in place, a so-called follow-up or autoresponder sequence. Another one, use Facebook's powerful targeting features to capture leads, to promote your next event, for example, or get people to call you straight from a local awareness ad, for example. Now, how powerful is that? They just have to click on a button. If they see the sponsored ad, they just have to click on a button and they reach you right away. That's the power of Facebook and Facebook advertising, especially if you're a local business. Running some local awareness ads is really really the way to go. Now, whatever you do, just don't rush into too many channels. Pick one or two social marketing channels and master those prior to adding another one to your portfolio. Online marketing is not about having profiles all over the place 
and posting willy-nilly. A lot of people do that, not very productive, not effective at all. Furthermore, you need to be aware of the fact that as a small business owner, you have way more important tasks to accomplish than sending out tweets or wasting numerous hours on Periscope, Snapchat, you name it, okay, trying to figure out how this next social thing works, especially if your clients have never heard of Snapchat, Periscope, whatever it is. Wrapping it up. The world is changing at a rapid pace. New online marketing platforms are launched on a daily basis. Innovative search engine tools, CRM tools, or social media tools are a dime a dozen. It's paradise for those who suffer from the shiny object syndrome. And yes, it's a mess, actually hell, for all those looking to find out what really works. Use the checklist that I mentioned. Use this step-by-step approach, okay? So targeting first. Second of all, your USB. Be a preferred choice. Number three, start with offline methods first with your offline revenue streams. And number four, add online to it. And um, I mean, use this checklist as a starting point, okay? And let it guide you to success. I mean, no one knows your customers better than you do. Now over to you. How many marketing pillars are necessary to your long-term business success? What are these pillars? Send me a tweet at Chris Rock and let me know your thoughts. Now, I like to end this session with a quote by none other than, of course, marketing master Jay Abraham. He's an American business executive, conference speaker, and author. And in 2000, year 2000, Forbes listed him as one of the top five executive coaches in the U.S. And here's what he says. Every human being I have ever met, irrespective of the business, the job, or life situation they're in, possesses at least one and normally multiple instant jackpots they are within their grasp. All they have to do is recognize them, believe that they are there, and believe that they are entitled to harvest them and the financial and the personal wealth and riches that come along with them. Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you in the next episode. Happy marketing, and remember to always play to your strengths. Thank you for listening to the Strength in Business podcast. Submit your questions on strengthinbusiness.com and follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Rock. That's K-R-I-S-Z-R-O-K-K.